So you've seen it, I've seen it, it's everywhere all over the interwebs and that is potentially you in AI. So this video right now may not even be me, it could be an AI version of myself that sounds like me based on AI learning and looks like me based on whatever the model is that I use to record myself. Whether you believe it or not, that technology exists. So in this week's episode, we're diving into how YouTube is now gonna start interpreting that content based on how you're using it in your regular YouTube videos. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Video Simplified Podcast, where I help you simplify the video creation process to help you reach wider and connect deeper with the people that need you the most. From learning to use your camera to simplifying video strategies to help you grow your brand and share your vision using video. So let's jump right into today's episode. What is up entrepreneurs? Welcome back to the Video Simplified Podcast. It is me, your hostess, the mostess, Diana Gladney. I am pumped and excited as I always am that YouTube is now starting to receive this a little bit better. I think YouTube has probably been one of the more tech-friendly based platforms just because their bread and butter is video that there's a lot of different ways to use video. I even recently uh, was searching for something uh, on YouTube and unfortunately it showed me an AI based video immediate turn off just because it was done pretty poorly. And it was kind of like one of those things that felt like just because you can, they did. And it's like, that doesn't mean it's going to be the best, but at the same time, it doesn't mean that that's not going to work, you know, not, not going to work Two double negatives there. But it literally is at the point now with AI technology and the stuff that is available or becoming available and doing a really good job that elements of your video may not really be the person that you're watching. Now there's two schools of thought around this on the how you could start potentially start to use it. So the first one is you get something that looks like you, or I'm going to say like a caricature of yourself, because if I'm wearing a black shirt right now, which would probably be like the best way to do this, but then my hair always kind of changes a little bit. Sometimes it's down, sometimes it's over to the left, and sometimes it's up, like kind of how it is now. So I'm wondering how it would handle things like that, like with my hair or have dreadlocks, all these individual pieces of your hair. So stuff like that, do you have jewelry? That stuff is easily, you know, faked in or out. But how is it going to learn you as a caricature of you? And so it's learning based off of what you do. And I'll show you an example of that in a bit. And if you're listening to this episode, you definitely want to check out the video version of this. I highly encourage that you do so. The other way of AI in your videos could be like the one that I saw that was not great. It was basically a digital version that's not replicated necessarily off anybody, or it could be, which I think uh, just having a little bit of foresight into this, if you have any kind of like face, so to speak, that might be used for third-party B-roll stock footage, I think AI-generated stock footage is going to become a thing. So when you need an example, they don't have to get a license necessarily from a person, but you could, and they make AI versions of that. Again, this is just me thinking, uh, ahead of what potentially could be when I, I think it's very logical that you have you, like I would record versions of myself doing a podcast, vlogging, um, whatever. And I could sell the license to that for people to use no different than story blocks. And it's real people, but then it's AI people or versions of themselves. Like maybe they record a thousand actions of them doing something. And so now you have every way of doing that fun fact here. 
If you know who Jet Li is, amazing, amazing uh, martial artist and just incredible actor. I think he is. But he didn't. When his career stopped as far as him doing roles is because the contract said that they wanted perpetual, which means it's never ending, a license to record his actions and record himself. So eventually at some point, you know, everybody ages to the point of death. <laughs> and they wanted to be able to record all his actions so they can keep using him and models of him until eons, whatever they prefer, whatever they want to use. And he was like, mm, no, if you're paying me, you're paying me for this role only, the use of this role only, and the use of whatever moves that I show, create, or help to, you know, choreograph, do any kind of choreography work for, that's all you're paying for. You're not paying to use how he does a punch or how he does a kick or how he does a block or whatever in perpetual use. Cause then you can just make them. And he refused. Uh, and that was one of the last times I remember hearing him do a movie was a decline for one because that was in the contract. And if you kept up with, or even heard around in the rumor mill or something, at least seen it on like Instagram stories or YouTube stories, even how the uh, screen actors guild or SAG here in the U S you had the, basically the writers and different actors and actresses on strike based on their content and the stuff that they create. Cause they were going off of like how they don't get paid on streaming stuff. So they did the movie in 2012 movie let's say it becomes a cult classic of something you know some people love like um back to the future back to the future is a cult classic people love that movie like crazy okay well michael j fox did that video once he did that movie once but you know he's not getting paid necessarily on when that streams on netflix hulu amazon prime video whatever so they were like we should be getting paid y'all get paid we don't get paid it's us in the movie. You can only sell it because we're there, right? Because we sold it, you know, so that kind of a thing. So now that those kinds of thoughts are coming to the content creator space as an entrepreneur, as a business owner. And I think this is going to be extremely difficult early on because I think people get like seeing a dollar sign is enough to just make them say yes. Or the fact that it can only be in this way if you agree to be on YouTube, for example, which is not the case, but I'm just saying, I think this will become a bigger conversation moving forward. And as entrepreneurs, it makes sense. And as just individuals, it makes sense because you are intellectual property. Me doing this right now, intellectual property, it's mine. I literally earlier today on my main YouTube channel had to go through, um, cause I saw YouTube flagged a video that somebody literally ripped the entire video of me at the desk doing my thing and posted it on their YouTube channel. And so I put uh, for a takedown notice. And so within a few hours, it was taken down. Why? Because I am the owner. I own the rights to the content. I own the rights to what I'm saying. I own the rights to my likeness and all that stuff, which is why you have to have photo and video releases. Like I said, I think it'll become a day when the platforms decide and they'll, it'll, it'll probably become a bigger issue than it is now, but your digital rights will start to become a bigger conversation in that can somebody take an image or, or likeness of myself because I'm on the platform and use it in some other kind of way? Is it where you have to sign off on this now in terms of uh, terms and conditions for certain platforms? and let them choose to use it however they prefer. 
because you agree to be on the platform. Think about when TikTok first came out and the terms and conditions around that and all the weirdo stuff. Just Google it, right? Just Google it. I don't want to get off into that, but just Google some of the stuff that was coming up. It was pretty weird and pretty wild. And it's like definitely uncomfortable uh, as far as that was concerned. So now here we are in this AI world. And not only do we have to worry about various apps that maybe are creating the things and, you know, shady characters that play in that realm, it's always going to be shady characters in anything. But now YouTube has come out and made a statement and I'm going to share with you all uh, what this actually looks like uh, in real life. But let's go to the article real quick of what YouTube is saying and their approach now moving forward to you being in some version of an AI and it's a couple different ways. Uh, so I want to read through this article with you. So this is a recent article that came out on YouTube's official blog post. I put a link to it in the description and the show notes in order for you to check it out. It's called our approach to responsible AI innovation because YouTube is paying attention to this as well. And so AI really introduces a big question mark of who owns the right to this and how should it be if it's not even a real person, but it's a likeness of a person. Like it's really uh, big gray areas uh, around this. So the, here's what they're saying over the next couple of months, what we can expect to see into the new year. So here's what they're saying in their disclosures, requirements, and new content labels. We believe it's in everyone's interest to maintain a healthy ecosystem of information on YouTube. We have longstanding policies that prohibit technically manipulated content that misleads viewers and may pose a serious risk of egregious harm. However, AI's powerful new forms of storytelling can also be used to generate content that has the potential to mislead viewers, partially if they're unaware that the video has been altered or is synthetically created. This is a terminology that now we're seeing as far as human beings and us as content creating entrepreneurs. And that's like, is this the real natural original version or is this a synthetic sentient being that is replicating, you know, me or not. And so it says to address this concern over the coming months, we'll introduce updates that inform viewers when the content that they're seeing is synthetic specifically will require creators to disclose when they've created altered or synthetic content that is realistic, including in using AI tools. So when creators upload content, we will have new options for them to select to indicate that it contains realistic, altered or synthetic material. For example, this could be an AI generated video that realistically depicts an event that has never happened or content showing someone saying or doing something they didn't actually do. Two schools of thought come to play on this particular section right here. This is something that I wonder how much of the person or how much of the video has to be quote unquote synthetically created in order for us to say yes or no, because it's not like a video is sponsored or not sponsored. That's an easy yes or no is there's no in between kind of a thing. And in between maybe would have been if they sent it to you for free in exchange for video type stuff that you'll see with a bunch of, uh, you know, Amazon based smaller products or whatever. Um, so sometimes you'll see that even some of the bigger brands you'll see or more common, common uh, brands, you'll see that, but it's still not where that person has any say there's no contract per se or nothing like that. Still a fine line. Did you get paid? Yes or no. 
now is a little bit of a gray line there, but I'm not going to get into the technicalities of that, but it's like, did you receive an actual cash payment for this? Yes or no. And so those disclosures are easy for that with AI, not so much because there is a company that I got a chance to meet at social media marketing world 2023, where it talked about AI digital product placements. So let's say, for example, I did a brand deal with Ecamm and this is, as I'm showing on the screen, the Ecamm creator cup thermos. Now this could be sitting somewhere back there on that table, uh, or somewhere back there on the bookshelf or whatever, or if my table was exposed, it could be sitting here as long as I don't move my arm through the space where that should be, that could be AI generated content that does that. And I thought that was extremely neat. And it's a great way to not have to worry about a physical product being there in order for you to get paid on product placement. This is already a real thing. This already exists. This is not a thought. This is something that already is able to be done. So instead of the photo back there, that canvas photo, it could be somebody's advertisement of something else. Granted, I would have to move over. So I'm not <laughs> in the way of that, but that's one thing. So it's like, are we talking about that kind of a stuff? You also have things like Descript's new eye contact feature, which I've seen a lot of other companies do this as well, where the eyes continuously look at the camera. So if I look down right now, I'm gonna take a swig of water. Instead, it would be eye contact the whole time. A little weird, looks a little creepy, but people, um, some people are self-conscious about looking at the screen, reading, and so losing eye contact with the camera versus being able to do that, whether that's an ad read or whatever, and your eyes are constantly looking at the lens digitally. So that's a form of a synthetic version of yourself one with eye contact, one without, is it like, you know, what's the limits there? You have other small stuff like, and this is getting a little into the nitty gritty, but the AI generative feel or something like that. So I have uh, a zit that I'm healing on my chin. What if I just move that over and I get rid of the hyperpigmentation and stuff like that? Hell, the camera has AI stuff in it. So it's like, what if um, it completely removes a scar or something that you have? And it's able to keep track of that in real time. Do I have to do that? If I'm using Descript's eye thing, eye replacement thing, <laughs> do I have to do that? So what's, what's the deal? Now I'm gonna show you a version of a person that you would know and recognize, but it's not really them. It's like that other way I talked about early on. So let me switch over and I'll show you that. If you're listening to this episode, I, ooh, you're going to want to watch this part. So this is a version of Ray Edwards that he was playing uh, with an app. I think it's called, uh, I can't remember the name of it. I'll put a link to it in the show notes uh, if I remember to. <laughs> but this is an AI version of himself. It is not really him. Uh, this is just something I saw come up in my feed, but it's not something where, like if I had watched it long enough, but on a small screen, even smaller on your smartphone watching it, scrolling through your feed. It's not, it wasn't uber noticeable at first. It's like, mm, something's a little weird here or whatever. Then as when he said it, I was like, okay, let me watch it again. And you can point out some of the imperfections in parts where it doesn't understand that a human would do this all the time. But let me check, let me play this and let you see it. Hey there, y'all. This is not really me. It's 100% AI generated. 
both image and voice. All I had to do was talk to the camera for two minutes, upload that video, and a few minutes later, here we are. I'm just working on training my avatar better. There's a lot of potential in this technology, and it's relatively cheap. I'll keep you updated on my progress. You see how weird like it is of how pretty accurate that is. That is wild. So a couple areas that I noticed where it was different uh, watching again, it's like the, the creases at the top of his mouth. Like we have moments where we smile or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> like we don't hold it like that or our mouths don't stay that way. So things that it'll probably learn over time. And then you have like things around the collar of his shirt, like, but you'd have to be watching it to really pay attention. Had he not said it, you would have thought maybe something was up with his camera or, you know, whatever the case is. But otherwise, you may not have known. You may not have paid attention to it not really being him. My whole thing is this. That's weird of how accurate it is, though, for what it is like. This stuff is super new. So that is a, what YouTube would consider a synthetic version. If he produced a video, if he produced that short on his channel, there now would be a label that comes up on YouTube where you have to select, is this really you? Or is this a synthetic version of you or a synthetic AI digital version at all? So on YouTube's uh, blog post, like I said, they talk about this, of, of how they want to go about dealing with it. But I think, uh, it'll be okay. I want to go back to the um, blog post though, so that you can see what that looks like. So on the screen, you'll see where uh, on the left-hand side, you'll see like the smartphone option and it'll say a little flag similar to how when it was 2020, early 2020, we all know what happened, right? So anybody that was talking about it at that point, any, anything politics or health wise, they had a little flag that popped up in their videos. So here, little information card says altered or synthetic content. This is interesting because the more that we start to see this, the more that we use it logically in our business and where it makes sense because so, so for example, this past week I had issues with my computer. I had issues, um, with it working, I couldn't record and couldn't use Ecamm. So I was like, okay, well, me to take it off this kind of a setup and to go in the back order, it just for the stuff I needed to do, like doing these podcasts back to back and how I connect my microphone and blah, blah, blah. It would be more work than a little bit than to fix the issue. Got a new computer. Now we're good to go, right? because the computer was huffing and puffing as it was anyway, and running into some physical errors and issues, neither here nor there. But could I have made some videos or made some of the videos of that I needed to using a synthetic version of myself that I can take the year's worth of content or more accurately, the last year of content or versions of myself, put that into an AI engine or model to learn from and just use that, yeah. And it would have been way better than anything else. There are some blog posts where we have an audio version of it. And I used this script to, I read for a couple hours, and this is in 30 minute chunks, where it could learn my inflections. And the way I talk on the podcast, like just like this, is very different than when, I give a, when I'm giving a presentation. That version of my voice, it's much louder, higher inflections, more energetic, because that's the way 
that I need to present in order to like when you're on stage so that you're seen at 100%. Because if the camera, you know, zaps 20%, being on stage sometimes can zap like 40, 45, 50%. So you need to give more umph in order to come out normal. Same thing on camera, give more energy in order to come out normal. So I recorded myself and it wound up being like two, two and a half hours worth of me talking over several months or what have you. And so I was able to have an audio version of the blog post without me having to actually read it. I just pasted in the content, use my voice style, which I have, for example, be like a podcast fireside chat style content would be a YouTube video style voice inflections or whatever. And let's say a presentation style voice. Let's say those are my three voice styles, which are very representative to what uh, is actually in Descript. If I selected that voice style, then all of them sound like, is this camera, this the best one that you would do? And should you like all those higher in inflections and stuff like that? Okay. Well, even this one that depending on what it is, like it could be just this topic alone. Maybe this isn't my voice. Maybe it's an AI generated version of that. That stuff has already been available in Descript and it did a bangerang Peter child. The only things that it got wrong or weird was like uh, numbers and letter sequences. So if I say something like the Sony ZV-E10 or the, like it's Sony saying the Sony ZV dash, may not say the dash, it's like the Sony ZV-E10 or something like that, or Sony A6700. It's like, it's not saying it together all, always and stuff like that. Um, but it can learn. And that's the thing. That was the point of doing so many readings and examples and pasting in examples of me saying stuff. So it knew how to pull and mix and match different things. Well, now we got that ability to do that for our regular videos. What if, like I said, I didn't have to wait and I could just post that regular video, especially if it's short stuff and you could go on vacation instead of having to batch record a, a bunch of content, maybe you create AI synthetic versions of yourself in order to do certain things to where it wouldn't be necessarily weird. And I think the version of Ray, like I said, it got stuck on him smiling to know the difference between smiling versus not smiling or whatever. But I think it's cool that YouTube will let people know if it's really you or, or not. But I'm really curious how this is going to go moving forward just because it's super weird right now, but it has a lot of potential. So I'm really curious, is this something that you could see yourself doing some synthetic version of yourself? And I'm really curious how much, um, YouTube plans to make us hit that, you know, category. Like if I'm only using the eye thing, I'm actually presenting the information, but I'm just using a synthetic set of eyes so I could look at the screen or look at the camera all the time versus you can tell I'm looking at the screen or whatever. So I'm curious how, how deep down the rabbit hole is going to be. I'll put the description in the uh, show notes and description for this video podcast where you can see that for yourself. I even put a link to Ray so you can check it out uh, for yourself and look at it on your phone and see like if you're just scrolling about, would you initially be able to tell or, you know, not so much, you know, how, how big does it stand? I'm curious. Let me know 
uh, your thoughts. But that's where I'm gonna leave it for uh, this week's episode of the video Simplify Podcast. And as I love to end all of my episodes, the winds of life blows on us all, but it is how you set your sails. With that, guys, a little passion. I'll see you on the next episode of the video simplified podcast. Take care. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode, but the value doesn't stop there. For more in-depth trainings, courses, and growing your brand using video, join the Video Simplified community at videosimplified.live.